Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Why are you back so soon and where is everybody else? I left them. And why would you do that? Because someone threw me in the water. And you are okay? Yeah, but I'm afraid of the water. Girl, please. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So come on and join me on the flip as we get into talking about how to survive ocean school. Yes, join me on the flip. It'll make sense. Well, hello, and thank you for joining me on the flip. So let me get to it. When I talk about ocean school, I'm talking about the school of life. I'm talking about our society, our world, and I am talking about the ecological system that lives within it. When I was young, my grandmother used to refer to the ocean as a sea of people. And I know ocean and sea are not the same thing, so don't at me on that, okay? (laughs) But what I will say is this, is that understanding the parables that she taught taught us and and those types of things bode me well. So you're not going to get me to back down from looking at life as the ocean. And another thing is that I realized after some education is that instead of us living on land and and the ocean having boundaries around us, instead, we live in the ocean in large land masses that we call continents and uh, islands and, and patches of land because the earth is majority water and that majority of water is the ocean. And so to me, it is the grand ecological system that binds us together and makes us who we are. And so to me also, earth is mother. And uh, mother is not just the uh, dry earth. It is the watery earth as well. It is the Gaia. It is um, the the great um, Piscean, if you will, Cancerian heart of uh, mother. It is the thing that talks to the moon and wails uh, in waves and tumultuous spinnings of whirlpools and typhoons and all of those things. It's powerful as, as much as it's gentle. It houses so many species that we have yet to, have to, to discover, both new and ancient. And it is another world beneath us uh, that does not deal with us, <laughs> and it's okay if they never, if it never deals with us. 
And so there is much respect to be had when we think about the ocean. Now, my grandmother had this saying, I've talked about it in previous podcasts, uh, when she was trying to get us prepared to understand the nature of people, especially people you don't know. And when you're new to someplace, you know, of course, she would say the things that I've heard other people say their grandparents said, but she would, you know, say things like, you know, you're just a new, you know, the new flavor of the week. It'll, you know, it'll pass and, you know, don't, don't get duped. But then she also used to say this and it was very profound and helped me, especially when I started to go off to college and then to grad school and other places where I had to assimilate into a new um, society. And she said this to always remember that people are like the ocean. And that when you come to a new edge or a new um, ocean point, always remember that trash rises to the surface first, but treasure stays sunken. So you must bide your time, be patient, and always go treasure hunting. And that stuck with me, and it has helped me in so many different ways. And so I actually want to say I have much respect for the ocean. I don't mess around with the ocean. Mm -mm, Sure don't. Because (laughs) the ocean is powerful and the ocean never needs to tell you how powerful it is. Because it is what it is. All right. So I remember um, this movie and you've probably either watched it or remembered it as well. Now, it came out when I was a wee one. And when I got older, I did not make myself watch it either because I am a wuss. I do not like scary thrill. I don't like scary movies. I don't like thrillers. I don't like any of that stuff. But the name of the movie is called Jaws. Mm -hmm. That Jaws. And it was put out in 1975, but it was based off of a, I think it was a Peter Bunchley. How do you say his name? Um, Peter Benchley, I think is how you say it. Uh, His novel called Jaws. Okay. And it talks about a, uh, a seaside town and its sheriff, who just, by the way, happens to be afraid of water. Yep. A um, ambitious mayor who wants to keep the revenue of the tourist season up. And he wants the sheriff to do away with a situation that has happened where there have been some sightings of sharks. And now... The sharks are coming in and actually attacking people. And if you're familiar with the famous opening scenes of the young lady in the water, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And even even if you don't remember that scene, you will definitely remember the iconic score scoring of the movie. Dun 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 dun. I know I'm out of out of key. Dun 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 dun. You know, and all of that. The suspensefulness of it. Um, And so it has weaved its way into the Americana folklore of our lives. And there are a few things that I want to say about this movie Jaws and the main protagonist, the, the sheriff. And that is that even though he was afraid of the water and he was concerned and cautious, cautious to take care of his Uh, of his family, his duty and service to honor that duty as a sheriff overrode all of his apprehensions about the water and about what was possibly out there to the point that at the end, and I'm not going to tell you what the end is if you haven't seen it, um, but at the end, he proved 
to himself and to the few people that I think it was only him and one other guy, but the, the, the suffice to say, he proved himself that he was able to, you know, have a healthy respect and fear for the ocean while still learning how to survive in it. And so for the rest of our time today, I'm going to be possibly going back and forth with um, uh, examples from that movie. Uh, But for the most part, I have some notes about how to survive the ocean and actually why. So let's talk about why. First of all, why would you want to survive this ocean, you know, survive ocean school? And the reason why I say that is because uh, most people don't realize that there are people that are all around you with different agendas, with different makeups, with different uh, goals, and um, with with different viewpoints that differ from you. And in all of these viewpoints, a lot of them are going to clash. Let's just face it. Everybody is not going to be in harmony at all times and everybody is not going to have the same belief systems. They're not going to have the same ideas about how to approach things. And that's fine. And what I'm going to say is it's because that's fine. That lets you know that we are not in a local creek or even a sea. We are all inhabitants of the great ocean that is called this earth. And because of that, we have to remember that if the ocean doesn't have borders, if the ocean doesn't have uh, boundaries and it can and it's vast as it is so much so that even when you have big continents sitting on it, it's still way bigger than the continents to where we have to realize that we are not the big part of the earth. We are just within the big part of the earth, which is on the surface that is, which is the ocean. And so with that, understanding that just like the ocean is uh, ever expanding, growing, boundless, and the like, we have to be willing to operate with all that freedom. Now, I've talked about freedom and the burdens of freedom in a few podcasts. And um, for sake of getting through the notes and things that I want to say about today, um, the wisdom that I want to bring out about this freedom today with regards to uh, the ocean and being in ocean school is that that freedom is the freedom to help you and hinder you. Meaning that when you approach this openness of interacting with people and when you approach um, the bound, the boundless ability to interact with people, whether it be through our advances in technology where we can talk instantly through time, you know, think about it. If you're in New York and you're talking to someone in New Zealand, you're, you're breaking the mind space of the fact that they're talking to yesterday and you're talking to the future. It just blows my mind. So you throw that all into the the ocean that is, you know, people and all of that. And you start to see all the vastness of the what ifs and the possibilities. And when you look at how you can have certain factions of people that when they move and matriculate through to other people, they quickly are able to still survive, assimilate, and thrive. And so that's another testament to the fact that even though we have a great appreciation and fear for the ocean, we also also should embrace its bounty 
it's it's beauty and it's blessing to us as well. Okay. And think about it. The ocean provides us with food. It provides us uh, with a lot. Now, the one thing that I have always wondered about, and this is an aside, it's not in my notes, but I'm going to go on to say it. I've always wondered, why is it that the ocean has all this vastness and it's water, but it's inhabitable, it's uninhabitable water, it's salt water. Why is the majority of the world made up by water, which is one of the top priorities and needs you we need as humans to survive, but it's not consumable. It amazes me. So, but I digress. But let me get back onto what I what I want to make sure I'm saying here. And what I'm saying is, is that this whole idea of ocean school is to help us to embrace all the gradients, uh, all the way from the good and the the gentle to the harsh and even as we might even call it destructive. And yes, we're going to deal with that today. And so when I look at the ocean and the thought of quote unquote ocean school and how to survive it, you're looking at a tale of two cities, the best of times and the worst of times is the best way I can put it. So let's start talking about some of the wisdom smacks and some of the things that we can learn as we're using the ocean as this great metaphor. So on the surface, There are a lot of people who make an entire living off of their life on the ocean. You have people who are uh, who live on boats, who live in on cruise ships, people who surf for a living, people um, who offer um, aeronautical maps and uh, people who go treasure hunting. There are so many various ways to live an entire whole life just on the surface of this um, of the ocean. And I, I now I'll say this, I love to cruise. Now I have not cruised in a few years, but I love to cruise and I've been blessed and I've never had a situation where um, I've been the worst for wear on a cruise. And when I cruise, I tend to cruise by myself and I love the freedom of being able to do what I want when I want. And I can talk to the people on the ship or, or different things because I learn so much. I get fodder from my books and it's just a wonderful thing. And one of the times that I remember in recent years when I took a cruise, I was talking with some of the the uh, ladies that were working on there. And there was this one lady who was like, she was like, I don't like the water. <laughs> and she said, you know, of course, she told me all of the things that they have to do and have to know uh, to be able to help other people should something arise. But she was like, I don't like the water. And I was like, well, why would you choose a uh, position where you are on the water for six months straight? And when uh, she told me that the good far outweighed the bad, I just chuckled but it got tucked back into my memories and came forward when I was looking at, oh my gosh, you know, life is like the ocean and you have to go to school. And the ocean is like hard knocks and all the stuff we're used to on the on dry land, but it's just um, billion times X, you know, when you're talking about the vastness of the ocean. And I thought about that young lady when I was putting the notes together for this, that she who does not who does not like the water and i asked her if she knew how to swim and she was like enough to get by i was like why in the world would you take a job on the water that transverses the ocean not 
a, a little canal, not a creek, not a lake, not even a sea, the whole ocean. And you don't like water and you can swim this enough. But she informed me, she was like, I feel safe. And she was like, we have, um, they have trainings that they go through and the life boats and the, all of that. She felt okay. And I had a new respect for her. I was like, that is amazing that you're willing to put aside such great fear to conquer that fear, to make a living. And I thought again about that movie Jaws with the the sheriff, who I think was the same way. You do what you have to do to get what you want. You put up with um, fighting through your fears on a daily basis if you need to, to obtain what you want. And for her, working six months straight and the benefit of it was going to help her far more than her having a, a, an aversion to water. So that, with that being said, I wanted to uh, talk about, uh, it's a quote I have said uh, a few times before on this uh, podcast, but I want to bring it up again. It's by Ralph Waldo Emerson. And he says this, he says, nature has made up its mind. What cannot defend itself shall not be defended. And you guys, I fooled around and watched one of those Netflix nature um, series (laughs) and it was brutal. I was like, oh my gosh. But then I had to remember that it's just the circle of life (laughs) and that when you are talking about straight up nature, whether on land or in sea, those animals, I think they kind of know this is my role and I'm built for this. (laughs) So I'm going to try to outlast the predators above me, hunting me for as long as I can. And that's the thing about ocean school and life. Sometimes we forget that there are possible scenarios, events, and people who might be out for you, who might think that they are a predator above you, that you are their prey. And I need to just remind you right now that this is a this is a wisdom smack, you know, that I didn't have written down. That as long as your eyes are not on the sides of your head, you are not a you are not prey. If your eyeballs are in front on the, you know, the front part of your head, you are still an apex predator. And I hope you do realize that as a human being, we are still top of the food chain even above the monsters of the sea, uh, the sharks, the killer whales, all of it, we are, we are top. And so if you are top of the food chain of the apex predators and these predators that I've just talked about live in the, in the ocean, don't you think that you have a tendency or a, a, a capacity to behave like they do? in certain areas. And yes, I am referring to our animal animalistic side. And we do a lot to try to ignore it, but we're not that far removed from the um our baser nature. You know, just let something good, a favorite food aroma of yours permeate the air and you'll see how much you return or how fast you return to that base nature. And so understanding that when you look at the ocean and the impact of it, you have to realize and not fool yourself that just like you can be provoked to do things, there are certain people who live in that lower nature to get whatever they are going to get. They are um, eat or be eaten, kill or be killed. And they are on that frequency 
And who's to say that's wrong or right? They are going to do what they're going to do. I remember that famous um, part of the movie Greed with Michael Douglas when he talks about, you know, it's never enough and how he was just so predatory and he was right in that pocket of, you know, my name is Jimmy and I can take all you can give me. Now, that's not what he said, but that's, you know, how I interpret it and how I watched that. And I was like, I do not vibe with that at all. But I had to realize that he was depicting real people, not real people in his situation, but people who really do that kind of thing. And to ignore that and think everyone thinks just like you is not how you survive ocean school. No, 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 no. Because even Mr. Emerson said that nature has made up its mind. What cannot defend itself shall not be defended. And so part of the practicality of this is that you need to understand that we are a big ocean. I mean, come on, even when you, like when I look at pilgrimages and how the people, you know, are moving, it looks like a sea. We always refer to the people like a sea or an ocean of people moving about over and over again. The patterns and the symbols are evident that we are an example of the ocean and we would do well to learn about the nature of the ocean, you know, and like the, the ocean feeds us with uh, some of the, the foods of it. It also can kill us. Oh yes. When you think about the powerful human elements, whether they be hurricanes, typhoons, uh, whirlpools, uh, cataclysmic waves, uh, so many different um, ecological um, events that can happen. We hold a tenuous at best relationship with the ocean. If the ocean ever consciously decided I'm taking them out, it could do it and we would not be able to stop it. We just wouldn't. And so if you understand that kind of power, you understand that there is a real need for you to become more scrupulous, more uh, clever, shrewd, wise, however you want to say it, about how you live your life. And the first thing I've already stated is, don't be no fool. There are people out there who that is just their nature and you're not going to change them. And why should you? Because we have all gradients, all levels on the spectrum of life, of, of humanity. But you would do yourself a, a grave injustice to forget and think everything is love and light because it's not. It's, it's just not. And um, so, you know, think about the fact that in um, the ocean, you have turtles and dolphins. But right there with them, you have sharks, killer whales, stingrays and stuff that will take you out and you won't even know you gotten got. And so think that if, you know, look at it and understand the power of what's happening. Okay. And so there's another concept that I used to think was just a business concept, but give me a moment to set it up so it makes sense. And that is, it's called don't replace, destroy. And it comes from, I've talked about this book before, uh, Dr. Christian, uh, excuse me, Dr. Clayton Christian, Harvard professor, 
And he wrote a book called The Innovator's Dilemma. And he talked about the rise and fall of different companies, of understanding how the market works, how to know when uh, the time is right for you to do certain things, how to enter a market, how to exit a market, and on and on and on. And so he talks about, and this is where we first got um, the verbiage, the wording for sustainable products and for disruptive products. And this is in the business world, but it translates, and I think it translates directly from an understanding of what you would find in the ocean. Okay, so bear with me. So a sustainable product is one that continues to just seek improvement. It just tries to get better and better and better. So a sustainable product would be a television. And if you'll notice um, that our televisions have gotten almost to the point where they're almost about to become obsolete. Because what else can you do with a television? You, we're, uh, we're, we're practically at the point where you really don't need one. I mean, for what you could do, you could paint a film on your wall and have uh, the 8K that they're trying to do now. It's getting to the point where they're making thin little bendable things and calling them TVs. And so that's what normally happens. And remember when we talked about um, order and chaos and how order always leads to death and chaos and chaos always leads to order? Well, that's what happens when you try to have a sustainable product that has come to run its course. It is now time to destroy it. And so when Dr. Christensen talks about don't replace, destroy, he is talking about innovative products that come in. So for instance, a product that had run its course would be, or as you could think of it this way, the VCR tape system. It was destroyed by the DVD system, which was destroyed by the streaming service system. And when it runs its course, it will be destroyed by something else. And so the don't replace destroy is conservative and uh, effective because to try to replace something, it only prolongs the inevitable. And to destroy something means that you are starting the new life cycle. So when you consider the activity of the ocean, and you consider all of the quote-unquote monsters that live in the ocean, they are playing their part. They are doing what they're supposed to do. They are destroying that which has run its course and doesn't need to be replaced. Likewise, they get destroyed and something comes in and takes over its space. It's part of that circle of life. I'm going to stop doing that, (laughs) y'all. So understanding that is going to be very helpful when you look at how how to survive your ocean school, because there are many things, peoples, events, traditions, and all of that that don't need to be replaced. They don't need to be updated. They just need to be destroyed. They just need to be stopped. There are many things that we hold as sacred cows and traditions for the sake of just doing it, of tradition, that it's time for an update. The one thing about the ocean is it never has stagnant water. You can have a sea that has stagnant water. We've got one called the, the Dead Sea. But with an ocean, an ocean always has a current. It's always moving. It's always uh, having a full cycle of life. And when you start to understand that, 
life gets interesting because you can incorporate that. Remember what Ralph Emerson said? Nature's made up its mind. It if it cannot defend what uh you know excuse me that what cannot defend itself shall shall not be defended. And so when you're looking at surviving ocean school, understand that everybody lives in the same ocean and that you have to be aware of all of the possibilities out there. You also need to understand that you have to keep moving. Like Dory said, keep swimming, keep swimming. And even if you look at a shark, a shark is always moving, always swimming. And so understanding also that it is better to keep moving forward and being willing to destroy certain things in your life so that you can continue to have new life is very hard. I am fighting it. I am not happy about the things in my in my life where, you know, I've had to kill and destroy only to um wail and mourn for it and but be happy when the new stuff came and yet still still be wailing and hollering about it. But then here's another thing. Now, on the A part, I talked about uh, a situation actually that happened to me when I was a kid. And that was my mom (laughs) talking to me. And she was like, you should not be afraid of the water. And so I took that to heart. And when I was young, I joined a little program that we had during the summers. And I taught myself how to swim well enough to become a little junior lifeguard. And so that was one under my belt that I was like, I know how to swim. And I am not afraid of the water. Now, let's talk really quickly about the whole metaphor of water itself. So when we think of water, water is usually assigned to the subconscious. It's assigned to the depths, the emotions. So whereas the air would be about the thoughts, the things, the the um, intangibles, the water has a heft to it. It uh, has a depth to it that's murky, that is is not readily understood or or readily deciphered, 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 excuse me, or seen. And so there is a lot of potential fear surrounding the water and the subconscious. And so when you're trying to survive quote unquote ocean school, you need to be aware of the sharks as well as aware of the tentacles and the vines and the things that could pull you down and keep you underwater. And because of that, we have to realize that you have to do the work. You have to be willing to go in and go into that dark closet of that area of your mind that when you even see it peeking out, you shudder and be like, "Uh uh-uh, not going there. And you need to be willing to confront some things. Now, for some people, I encourage you to do it with professional help. But for, you know, your average person, be willing to clean out, get the get the get all of the staleness out and understand that these things are the things that can take you out of here if you get triggered. And so understanding that to survive ocean school. You have got to be aware of any and everything potentially out to get you. You do not have the luxury of being oblivious. You do not have the luxury of believing that everything is positive, love, and light. Everything is everything and all sides, not both, all sides are represented. So like my grandma said, when you go to the ocean, remember people are like the, uh, are like the ocean. The trash rises to the surface first. So go treasure, honey.
So guess what, you guys? Yep, my time is up and I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes. Um, Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. And if you have any questions, check the show notes for how to contact me. And until tomorrow, I'm going to say bye. Have a great one. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.